Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Isaac Bowman. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how you doing today? You know, I'm a little bit cold because we got a whole bunch of snow dumped on us. and Dumped, yep. Sad because Kansas City won... You know, they're billionth Super Bowl in the last, like, five yeah. years, but... Reign of the evil empire continues. <laughs> I know. Hey, next year, Bengals, hey. take them down. <laughs> Bengals, Bengals, Bengals are the Colts. Colts. <laughs> Just hey, one of them. As, one of, as long as one of them takes them down. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes doesn't look like he's top stopping anytime soon. Oh, no. And uh, we're not stopping anytime soon either, so why don't we just jump right on into the show. Andy, tell the folks out there everything they need to know about Isaac Bowman. Of course. I think this is actually our... Uh, First Virginia distillery that we've ever touched on. I know we've done a lot of other ones, you know, a lot of Kentucky, a couple Indianas, few other ones in the South. Um, but I think this might be our first, and others in like Maryland, uh, like Sagamore. But I think this might be our first uh, Virginia distillery that I can remember that we've done, um, that I can think of. Yeah. So, of course, like you said in the intro, uh, we're doing Isaac Bowman today. Their distillery is the uh, A. Smith Bowman Distillery, but we're covering their I- Isaac Bowman um, product today for our tasting and everything. Um, but just a brief recap of the distillery before we get into the kind of history of that specific bottle and the tasting and everything. Sure. Um, you know, they were originally established as the A. Smith Bowman Distillery in Virginia in 1934. Um, although, you know, they had had some, uh, distilling, distilling all the way back into the 19 or 1890s, um, or building history, everything on site back to the 1890s, uh, in that area. And they were actually, ironically enough, um, if you will, established as a legal distillery, literally the day after prohibition. So you know they had to have been working on a lot of stuff probably during Prohibition to get right. it set up. Yeah. Um, but it's just funny that, you know, so close to the Capitol and everything, you just sit here and lobby for that and get it literally the day after Prohibition ends uh, to do that. So, you know, they started up all their distilling operations then in 1934 uh, after all that was done. And they were able to start, you know, distilling and uh, bottling, barreling, all that Everything that a, you know, whiskey distillery or any other distillery and winery needs to do um, to put their product out. And they actually were the only legal post-prohibition distillery to operate in Virginia, at least whiskey distillery, uh, up until the 1950s. When there were a few others that started up, I don't know exactly which brands, but uh, off the top of my head, but the only brand up until the fifties. So like 20 ish years there, uh, 15, 20 ish years there, at least, um, during that time that they were able to operate and really cement their, you know, name and legacy as a Virginia distillery. Um, and you know, they initially were operating in buildings, uh, built in the 1890s by a former physician <laughs> who did try to establish a town, um, and farming community in Virginia, but, you know, later move, uh, and I forget, oh gosh, I think they have it on their website, uh, but um, the name of that town. But, they, he, you know, he found that that farming community and everything really just was not good operationally to deal with. Um, 
I think it later succeeded, but as that, but from a distilling purpose and everything, um, just really wasn't good. So he moved the, um, you know, their distilling operations over to at least roughly their um, current Fredericksburg, Virginia op, uh, location. And then, you know, really uh, the history of the brand begins in 1988 in that now current location. So they they had some distilling location or distilling history kind of in Fredericksburg, but the distillery, uh, A. Smith Bowman Distillery in Virginia, there in Fredericksburg, uh, really began in 1988 um, for them, even though they had some distilling operations obviously prior to that, sure. uh, post-prohibition. Uh, you know, and since at least 1988, uh, you know, in that current location, they have continued to operate uh, and now are bought out by, a, and I don't know the exact date that they were bought out, but they were bought out by Sazerac Company, uh, who also, you know, is the parent company of Buffalo Trace and all their operations there. Right. Um, you know, we've done so many different episodes on them. And there's a rumor that, I know at least in some of the Bowman products, I don't know if it's all, but in any more that they're doing this, but the rumors that I've heard about is that there are some Buffalo trace distillate in Bowman's, um, in Bowman's products, at least as of three to five years ago, roughly. Right. Those are the rumors I've heard. Scandalous. Um, it's scandalous, if you will, but I mean, you know, if you're going to use another distillery's operations, that's or a good one to do. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one to use. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, and you know, like people are going to buy that up anyways. And I know that um, if you sit here and say that, and I know, like, I think the ones that they compare it to are, I think, were Rock Hill or Blanton's, okay. like some of the same distillate. If if those rumors are true, is like some of the stuff that might be used in like Rock Hill or Blanton's or. Some of their other ones, like very famous labels under Sazerac and Buffalo Trace, like that, that they have. Um, but like I said, so I don't 100% know if that's true or not. Just because they're owned by Sazerac, I know the rumors are out there. Right. For that sure. it's there. Um, and, uh, you know, I think as a result, probably if they are using that, some of the, that distillate would be some of Buffalo Trace's mash bills and everything in there. Sure. If Bowman doesn't have their own mash bill and everything in it, um, that they're using currently still. Um, but all buildings on site, you know, they're using or have been used historically for distilling. Um, you know, although not all of them were in the past when they were initially setting everything up. Um, you know, some of those initial buildings were also used as things like town halls, like a town hall or churches uh, prior to this, this distilling operations. Uh, you know, and of course, obviously, later converted over like whiskey storage or distilling um, operations uh, buildings for them. Gotcha. Uh, and of course, obviously, obvious a lot of that stuff. I, I don't think they have like national landmark um, 
registry designation within the U.S., but I'm sure probably given the history of it, especially like pre-prohibition, the namesake of the distillery, trying to set up that town and everything going on there. Right. Uh, they might get it. I don't know. But uh, with those buildings and everything. But that's basically the history of the brand uh, as we know it today. You know, of course, they have a, quite a few actually different um, uh, products that they have on the market. Like I said, probably a lot of the bourbon mash bills might be some of Buffalo Trace's, Trace's uh, mash bills that they use. Either mash bill one or two for the bourbons. Right. Um, but those go into a few different products. Uh, of course, they have like a bourbon cream, vodka gin, and a, a colonial era rum and apple brandy that they make. But really what we're focused on here is their bourbons. Uh, they have their Isaac Bowman straight bourbon finished in um, port barrels. That's the one we're trying today. Then they have John J. Bowman's single barrel. Um, and Bowman Brothers Straight Bourbon. I think those are the three most famous ones of the brand that I know about. Yeah. And then they also have, or at least have historically had for the brand, a 10-year cask strength bourbon, as well as a uh, Abraham Bowman limited releases, um, which I don't know exactly like what they've released under that limited release label for them, but right. they've historically had those, as well as the other ones that I mentioned. For sure. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and jump on in, into the tasting. Um, we have, and obviously Andy laid out uh, the, the version that we're trying today, so make sure if you're trying to taste along with us that you've got that one. And uh, as always, we're going to start with the nose. Actually, it smells pretty good. Yeah, it, it nice. reminds me a little bit almost of like a richer Angel's Envy. Yeah. Um, I get real Angel Envy, Envy vibe from it. Absolutely, yeah. You can tell, like you can the port finish. You can, oh yeah, it's noticeable. Yeah, clearly very noticeable. I mean, you get that, you get that very clear, like dark fruit, plummy oh, yeah. grape. It's nice note on it. Yeah, very sure. good, very like good it. on it. Anything else on the nose? Um, I mean, outside of those dark fruits, maybe like some of kind of like the port wine on it but sure. other than that i mean i would label that kind of slightly under the wine or the dark fruits um definitely description right. well, but let's it smells give it good. A, yeah let's give it a taste cheers cheers it's nice okay yeah pretty like good it. um I know you've you you know you John you were the one that bought the bottle yeah I had the chance to get it I don't know what it ran your price wise but you know it definitely definitely tastes very good I would definitely say it it like we were saying on the nose very reminiscent of Angel's Envy I right. would say it's a lot I didn't see what the proof was on it ninety two proof ninety two proof and I think Angel's Envy is eighty I think very oh god I have really? to go look. Uh, what they are proof wise, I got it. but it's it, it it it's very to me very reminiscent on the palette of Angel's Envy, maybe just a little bit sharper of the note or a palette on it. Yeah. Um, you know, given a little bit maybe spikier nose or um other notes on it, like you definitely get like longer hug. You definitely get the Kentucky hug in the chest oh, for me for sure. Um, and then you get like. 
The palette doesn't quite linger as long, for at least for me, as you would on Angel's Envy, but you still get some of those like fruit notes kind of lingering away on your palette there, like Angel's Envy. For sure. All right, any final thoughts? I think you've kind of summed it up, really. <clears throat> um, I mean... Other than, I don't know what it ran you price-wise to get, but it, if it you... It was like a $50 okay, bottle so purchase, yeah. Pretty same, uh, or similar price tag to Angel's Envy. Like, I would say, For sure. if you can get this, or even any, I'm assuming any other Bowman product, like, definitely buy it, at least based on our tasting here. For sure. Yeah. Or at least try it in, like, a bar if that's where you can find it. Yeah, I really like it. I think if you're looking for something a little fancy, like, obviously it's a cool purchase to, just to have on your shelf. But, like, if you like Angel's Envy, you're going to like this one. Oh, yeah. I would. Yeah, exactly. For sure. All right, folks. That's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a review, listen to every episode of Distill Discussions. We really do appreciate your guys' support. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry. We'll be here to drink with you next week.